Good afternoon, America, and welcome to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio, and today we have to start with congratulating our lovable Leos. That's right, the Detroit Lions. You know, it's a big deal here in Michigan. It's a big deal here in the Detroit area that the Lions have, you know, a that they've won a playoff game their first since uh, 1991, I think. Yeah, I think it was 91. I think in 91, they beat the Dallas Cowboys and then went on to uh, to lose against the Washington Redskins in the NFC Championship game. Uh, you know, this is um, – maybe this is the year. Uh, you know, 93, we won – I think it was 93 we won the, the division. That's our last time winning the division. And 91 was our last time winning a playoff game. Those years might be flipped. I don't know. It all just kind of, you know, just blends together after a while. We just kind of forget. I do anyway because, you know, it hurts. And I don't know if you're, if you're not, a, if you're not a, a football fan, you're just going to have to indulge me for a minute. Because here it's a big deal. It is. It's a big deal. Growing up just, you know, 30 miles north of Detroit in Pontiac. Uh, it, you know, when I was growing up, the Lions played in Pontiac. They played at the Pontiac Silverdome. Yeah, you know, so we're, they're, they're, I grew up in the shadow of the Silverdome. And year after year after year, you know, the Lions, the, the if they're your team and, and you live there in the city and you're going to watch them get get whooped year after year, it, it, today is a good day. And and yesterday I just kind of had to take it in. I just had to take a minute and just and just absorb it, just absorb the joy. This victory, it's even more than just a Lions playoff victory. It, just the the personal intrigue of the of the game. You know, the Lions draft Matthew Stafford number one overall pick and you know he's going to be the guy he's going to be the guy that's going to lead the lions and and we did make the playoffs under stafford i think once was not successful and then stafford wants a trade and he ends up going to the rams you know in this trade for jared goff and 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 the next year stafford with the rams wins the super bowl and the lions are like <laughs> Those of us here in Michigan that are Lions fans were just like, oh, you got to be kidding me. You dirty little low life. Now, Matthew Stafford is not a dirty little low life. Don't get me wrong. You know, but we're just hurt by it. And then, uh, you know, Jared Goff, of course, he gets, you know, ushered out of L.A. You know, they drafted him number one overall pick. And, you know, he, he said the other day that, when that happened, he was broken. I mean, it it messed him up a little bit, messed with his mind a little bit. Um, you know, so he came here a, a little wounded. You know, the Lions are a little wounded. I was wounded for other reasons. I became completely disen, disenfranchised with with the NFL altogether there for a time. And, it, you know, what, what did it for me is when you know, players were were kneeling. They were taking a knee during the national anthem, and that that just doesn't bode well with me. I'm not a fan of that. But on Thanksgiving Day, you know, we, I've talked about it here. The Lions have the Thanksgiving Day game, 
We were the first to host a Thanksgiving Day game, and we will always host a Thanksgiving Day game. Notice I say we. I mean, I don't own the team, but you know, the, the the city and the region and the surrounding area, you know, they kind of take ownership of it. That that's that's what happens with with sports. But it, I think it was, I don't know if it was the last Thanksgiving Day game Stafford was with us or if he was with us for the following year. I don't know, because at that point I stopped watching. But during the, the national anthem, Thanksgiving Day, Stafford takes a knee. And I'm like, you little, really? Really? This is what you're going to do? I don't know if, if if people here remember that. I remember it because it was like a, a little dart through the heart. It was a little little dagger stab through the heart. And I was done. I was done. And I didn't care when he left. I was glad when he left. Now I don't I'm, I don't have any any ill will towards Matthew Stafford. I'm just telling you how I felt. I mean this is this is how it goes in sports. So to, you know to have Stafford come back to Detroit, and, you know, and and play the Lions, play his old team in Ford Field, you know, where, where he played against the quarterback who the Rams, of course, unceremoniously dismissed. And then to have the Lions, you know, and Jared Goff beat the Rams and Matthew Stafford, it just it just felt rich. It, it felt good. And we're feeling good today. We are. We're just, we are feeling good about it. You know, whatever happens at this point, I don't know. I'm just, I'm content. You know, obviously we want the Lions to go on. We want them to to go and win the Super Bowl. But you know what? If they don't, I'm just, uh, I'm happy. I mean, there's there's little victories that we're going to take. But I do want them to win. I want them to keep going. I want them to win. And so what does this have to do with, with, you know, anything that we normally talk about. What does this have to do with education? It has everything to do with it, my friends, because it's a beautiful metaphor. It really is. There's this There's this quote, G.K. Chesterton said, the true soldier fights not because he hates what is in front of him, but because he loves which is behind him. He loves that which is behind him, not that he hates that which is in front of him. It's not about hate. It's not about hating your enemy. It's not about hating your opposition, but it's about loving those for whom you're fighting. So after the game, you know, the announcer, you know, the, the I don't remember her name, but she grabs Jared Goff. Jared, you know, tell me, how does this feel for you? This, you know, she, she's wanting his raw emotion. You know, he is unceremoniously removed from the team. How does it feel to go against your old team and your old coach who kicked you out of L.A.? Uh, and, you know, Jared Goff, he didn't take the bait. He said, this isn't about me. It's about my team. And it's about this city. And it's about everything that that we've gone through together as a team and as a city. And his answer, it, it didn't reflect hatred towards Matthew Stafford, didn't reflect hatred towards the Los Angeles Rams. It didn't reflect hatred towards his his former coach, uh, or even for the city of, of L.A. It was all about love for his teammates. 
you know, he, 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 he wasn't fighting based on hatred against his opponent. He was fighting and playing this game based on, you know, love for those that are around him, those that are behind him, love for the, uh, the fans in the stadium. And, uh, it, it was, it was surreal at, you know, at the beginning of the game, Matthew Stafford, you know, he comes out, you know, in warmups and the fans just start chanting his name. I'm sorry, not Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff and warmups. Jared Goff comes out and the fans just start chanting his name. Uh, just like there was, there was just this, I don't know, this connection. Uh, and I guess you wouldn't understand it if, if, uh, you do understand it. I mean, we all, you know, love sports on some level, maybe not football, but there is a sport that we love and enjoy, I'm sure. And we can get it. Uh, and, and and so they're, they're, they're chanting his name. And after the game, after the victory, he goes into the locker room and his teammates start chanting his name in the same way that the fans did in the stadium. Uh, Jared Goff. I just, I, I love that sort of thing. I love the storyline. Uh, and um, I, I think the reason I love it so much is it it really is a metaphor for, you know, where we find ourselves in America. It's, it, it's a beautiful metaphor for what we're fighting for and what we're fighting against. You know, we, we don't hate the opposition. We don't hate the progressives and the Marxists. I mean, we hate what they stand for, but we don't hate them. We don't hate the individuals. I don't hate Joe Biden. I don't hate, you know, people on the left. I hate and despise what they stand for. But my fight isn't uh, driven even by um, a hatred for what they you know, what the opposition stand stands for, but it's for a love for those that are behind me and around me. It's a love for this country. It's a love for what this country stands for. It's a love for this current generation, which is under assault. It's under assault across the board. It's under assault in academia. It's under assault in, in academia, both K-12 and higher education. This generation is under assault. This generation is under assault from the medical community. The medical community wishes to uh, remove the identity of this generation. Now, not, not, the, not, not the medical community in its entirety. Members of the medical community, there are certain factions, certain aspects, certain elements of the medical community that would completely confuse, distort, and remove the identity from many, many of our young people. There is uh, absolutely an, an assault on this generation from the media, uh, from arts and entertainment, just from society in general, there's there's an assault on our kids. There's there's an assault on what this country stands for. There's an assault on its purpose. And you know, those of us that are you know going after it, which is I know many of you, 
those of us that are on the front lines, which includes many of you, many in this listen, listening audience are on the front lines going after it, not because you hate what you're fighting against, but because you love what you're fighting for. In the the football game the other night between the, the Lions and the Rams is a beautiful metaphor of this of this picture. So here's here's an example. Here's what we're fighting for. Uh, in 2022, uh, Alabama Governor Kay Ivey uh, signed into law a bill that banned transgender surgeries as well as non-surgical transgender procedures on minors. Okay, that was 2022. Uh, the, of course, the... The law was challenged, and there was this lawsuit. Uh, and during the suit, uh, the ban on surgeries was allowed to take effect, but a federal judge blocked implementation of the prohibition on puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones. You know, I'm just, you know, while, while the case is under appeal, but the ban on surgeries will be allowed, but I will not allow the implementation of the ban on prohibition of puberty blockers and cross-sex hormone pills and medications. That can still happen, even though puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones can have irreversible effects, and they have been linked to heart problems, fertility issues, poor bone development, and the like. You know, But regardless of that, this, this judge... Uh, blocked the ban. Well, 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 well. Lo and behold, uh, a decision from the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals last week removed the previous delay on the full enforcement of the law, which was placed during the appeal process. Uh, the court ruled in favor of the state of Alabama, keeping the law in place, uh, but enforcement uh, you know, had been paused. They, they they ruled in favor of Alabama in August, but they kept the enforcement of the pause in place. And it was last week that that pause was lifted. And Alabama can now start enforcing its ban, not only on uh, transgender surgeries for minors, but also a ban on giving children life-altering puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones. And this is this is what we're fighting for, and this is this is a victory. And we're not we're not fighting because because we um, we hate the opposition. All right, I, I'm I, I'm not celebrating this today because I hate children or or individuals who who think they're the opposite sex. No, it's the exact opposite. It's because. I have a love for them, and I want to see them well. I want to see them made well. I want to see the issues that are plaguing them. I want to see those issues dealt with. Uh, the physical, this is, this is what Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall said, the physical and psychological safety of our children can now be better protected from these untested and life-altering chemical and surgical procedures 
through the implementation of the Alabama Vulnerable Child Compassion and Protection Act. And that's a legitimate name. And that name means what it says. It's a significant victory for our country, our children, and for common sense. Thank you. It is a significant victory, not only for our country and for our children, but yes, for common sense. Common sense has won the day here. It's it 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 makes no sense to take a minor child and you know begin medically transitioning them. Uh, you know what what needs to happen is this this child needs to be in counseling, and they need to talk through and uh, the issues that are plaguing them. They need help. They need direction. They need somebody to come by with some wisdom and help direct their lives. And this is where our education should be. Our education should be somebody sitting down with these kids, somebody who has wisdom and who can help them work through their issues and help direct their lives, instead of somebody who is very, very evil, sit down and in 30 seconds say, you know what, you should probably be a boy. Or you know what, we should probably start you know, transitioning you into a girl. I bet that's the issue with you. You need to be a girl. That, my friends, is evil. It's especially when we're talking about minors. We're talking about children whose brains and whose thought processes have not even been fully developed. And and we need to be in the process of developing those, those brains and those mental faculties instead of thwarting them, instead of filling them with confusion. We need to be filling them with hope and direction and love and truth and beauty and goodness. Instead, we confuse them. And this has to stop. And and this is what we're fighting for. And we're fighting because we love the kids. All right, we'll pick the metaphor up on the other side of this break. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD for 25% off. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. You can find us here Monday through Friday at the 2 p.m. Eastern time slot at americaoutloud.news. You can download the app for your Apple, Android, or Alexa and listen to us live on the app or iHeartRadio. Of course, you can find us in the podcast network. And I hope you've been to americaoutloud.news recently because the website is it's revamped, it's reorganized, it looks fantastic with articles and podcasts and 
uh, excellent writers are on the site, excellent hosts, uh, wonderful programming. So hopefully you've had a chance to pay AmericaOutloud.news a visit. And while you're there, visit AmericaOutloud.shop. Oh, my favorite product, friends. It's been a while since I've 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 talked about it, but Cofix RX, you know it's one of my favorite products on the shop. And if you use coupon code OUTLOUD25, you will get 25% off when you buy the nasal and the throat spray. It's part of my regimen. It's part of my anti-flu, anti-sickness, uh, just it's part of my health regimen. I, I definitely uh, get to go to. So, uh, you know, turn it into a, a go-to of your own. I, you know, don't take my medical advice. Take my anecdotal advice. It is absolutely the real deal. All right. So we are talking metaphor today. We're celebrating the Detroit Lions playoff win over Matthew Stafford and the L.A. Rams. Their former quarterback, Matthew Stafford, and L.A.'s former quarterback, Jared Goff, who is our current quarterback. And we're happy that, that we have him. And the metaphor here is a quote from G.K. Chesterton, where he said, the true soldier fights not because he hates what is in front of him, but because he loves which is behind him. And Jared Goff really uh, personalized this, this quote in our metaphor when after the game, the uh, reporterette started asking him, you know, what? how does it feel to go against your, your old team, your old coach? You know, and he just, he said, it's not about them. He said, it's not even about me. It's about my team and it's about my city. And in and, and his mind, it wasn't about any hatred for his opponent, but it was about love for those who are beside him, around him, and behind him. And the the metaphor is, is true for us and things that we are fighting for. What are you fighting for? And, you know, who's your opponent? What are you fighting against? Uh, you know, for me, it's you know, while this is a show about education and, and we fight for a proper education here, it, it really goes beyond that. It's it's a fight for our American heritage and a, 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 an original, true, deep American culture that has been under assault for decades. And I've watched it slip through our fingers. And I, I just I just can't sit by and watch it slip through our fingers anymore. You know, there are things in, in, in my heart and mind, things that as Americans, we need to be fighting for. There's a cause. There is there is a, a cause. It's an American cause. And it's rooted in our Judeo-Christian heritage, our, Ju our Judeo-Christian values. Values that were once a part of our education system. You know, but for decades, they they, they really haven't been. And me personally, it's 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 a personal objective to see those values come back. And that's what I'm that's what I'm doing here. That's what happens here behind this microphone is I am uh, I, I'm engaged in this operation to to bring those values back, bring them back not only into education, but bring them back into culture. And many of you are fighting for the same. You are fighting for the same. 
uh, as that uh, first segment ended, I mentioned this Alabama law, which was signed in 2022 by Governor Ivey. Uh, it there the, uh, it was on hold. Um, a federal judge put put a portion of it on hold. The, the law banned surgeries uh, on on minors, transgender surgeries, I should say. It also banned uh, puberty blockers and cross sex hormones. Well, while the while the law was being appealed, while the case was under appeal, a federal judge lifted the ban on the. Uh, puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones. But now uh, the 11th Circuit sided with Alabama uh, over a group of parents who had transgender identifying children who were challenging the law. Uh, here's what uh, Judge Lagoa stated. The plaintiffs have not presented any authority that supports the existence of a constitutional right to treat one's children with transitioning medication subject to medically accepted standards. Absent a constitutional mandate to the contrary, these types of issues are quintessentially the sort that our system of government reserves to legislative, not judicial action. Oh, ho, 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 ho. yes. Uh, she's a Trump appointee. And, you know, this is one of the things that, that Donald Trump really did, uh, I think, in the long run, th that helps preserve the, the nation, is bring judges to the bench who understand the Constitution. This judge gets it. She understands that this isn't a matter for judicial review. This is for the state legislature. This is, this is a law for them to decide. This is for the state's. Let the state of Alabama decide how they want to go about it. And if you don't like the law, then, uh, you know, vote for representatives who will who will then go into office, who will who will change the law. This is this is the point. And, and this is what this this judge has accurately presented. You know, she said there's there's no constitutionality here now, unlike the judge in Iowa. Who, by the way, you know, we brought up this case in Iowa last week or so. Judge Stephen Locker, uh, he ruled against this um, this law. It's a very similar law that was passed in, in Iowa, uh, except it was intended uh, to keep sexually explicit books out of schools and prevent elementary school students from being taught gender ideology. All right, so similar but different. And this federal judge blocked the law. He didn't block it because of constitutional reasons, though. He said uh, that it was unreasonable and puritanical. This judge doesn't mention the Constitution. This judge doesn't mention any unconstitutionality of this law. He, he basically inserts his opinion. And he says the law is unreasonable. It's puritanical. Why, this law sounds too much like the Puritans. It's 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 too biblical. The the fact that this this legislature wishes to uh, keep sexually explicit books out of schools. I, I don't have his direct quote in front of me, but but the judge said uh, something that something to the effect of context. 
that this law would remove every single sexually explicit book out of elementary classrooms, regardless of, of context. At meaning that there might be some appropriate use of a sexually explicit book being in an, in an elementary classroom or library. And there is no, judge, there is no instance, there is no contextual instance at all, period, where a sexually explicit book needs to be in the hands of a child. <laughs> there is no context. You know, but this man felt like there is. And he feels he feels like this law is puritanical and unreasonable. But his that's not his job. That's the job of the of the state legislature. His job is to determine if the law is unconstitutional. That's his job. But this is the difference between a judge appointed by Biden, you know, as in this Iowa case, and a judge appointed by Trump, as in this Alabama case. And this is why our elections matter. This is why who we elect for president matters. This is why, th this is why my friends, election integrity is of the utmost importance. You can't talk about election integrity, Dean. This is a show about education. Oh, phooey. I can talk about whatever I want. <laughs> I can talk about whatever I want. And election integrity has everything to do with education. Because you see now we have these judges that are going to insert their will into this law, which bans sexually explicit books out of schools. How does that not pertain to education, my friends? Someone please explain that to me. It does. Everything we touch, every aspect of society pertains to education. And elections matter. And this is why we've got to pay attention to who we're voting for and what they are going to instill and institute in this country, who they're going to appoint, who they're going to put in charge of, of things and elements of our lives. Uh-huh. This is the difference between a republic and a democracy. Uh, in a democracy, you, you vote for everything. All right? We don't vote for everything here. I, I guess there is a, a democratic element of this republic and that we we vote for our representatives but that's it that's where the democratic element stops and 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 a true republican form of government takes shape where we have representatives that make the decisions for us we vote for them and so we have to pay attention to whom we're voting for we have to pay attention to this oh uh, it, it it matters it absolutely matters. Oh, that reminds me. So uh, where is that? Uh, so Biden had a judicial nominee back in back in late September, towards the end of summer. Uh, he nominated Washington State Judge Charnel. I, I've not heard her last name pronounced, and I cannot pronounce it. But Jelkengren? B-J-E-L-K-E-N-G-R-N. Belkengren, maybe the J is silent. I don't know. Sorry, Judge Charnel. So he nominates her to the uh, to the federal bench last September. It's a lifetime position. And in this nomination, he touted her diversity. And he boasted that she was extraordinarily qualified. She's experienced and she's devoted to the rule of law and our Constitution. This is a direct quote. 
from Joe Biden. Okay. She's extraordinarily qualified. She's experienced and she's devoted to the rule of law and, and our constitution. All right. Well, let's take a listen. How devoted to our constitution is she? Listen to last summer. And this was her, um, uh, you know, one of the confirmation hearings that she's sitting in on. And listen to some questioning here by Senator John Kennedy. Judge, on the far end, uh, tell, tell me what Article 5 of the Constitution does. Article 5 is not coming to mind at the moment. Okay. How about Article 2? Neither is Article 2. Okay. Do you know what purposivism is? Um, in my 12 years as an assistant attorney general huh? and my nine years serving as a judge, I was not faced with that precise question. Um, we are the highest trial court in Washington state, so I'm frequently faced with um, issues that I'm not familiar with, and I thoroughly review the law, our research, and apply the law to the facts presented to me. Well, you're going to be faced with it as a, if you're confirmed. I can assure you of that. Oh, oh, man. I know when this came out last September, you know, towards the end, I think, I just, I just sat there speechless. I mean, I was speechless. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. This, this woman here... I wish I could pronounce her name. I don't think Kennedy can pronounce her name either because he says uh, the judge on the end. I don't know that he can pronounce her name either. Uh, you know, Biden touts her diversity. And she's extraordinarily qualified. She's experienced. She's devoted to the rule of law in our Constitution. Okay, number one, in his nomination, he's lying to us. All right. Uh, I mean, he's probably being truthful. I mean, there's some diversity there. She's a woman, number one, I guess. I don't know how diverse that is. I mean, there's women on the bench. Uh, you know, she looks like she might be a, uh, I don't know if she's a, a woman of color or not from this picture, quite frankly. And by her name, I don't know. Um, she's experienced. She's got... Uh, 12 years in a, as an assistant attorney general, nine years as a judge, sitting on the highest trial court in the state of Washington. There's some experience there. Um, but she's not extraordinarily qualified. Experience alone does not uh, qualify you. It, it just doesn't. You know, you can have experience in the NFL as a backup quarterback. You can be a third stringer. But that's not going to, you know, qualify you to be the starting quarterback uh, on on any team just because you you have experience. You know, there's something more than just you know sitting on the bench, literally and figuratively. In this case, uh, she's not devoted to the rule of law. She doesn't understand the rule of law. She's not devoted to our constitution. She doesn't even understand our Constitution. I mean, she doesn't know what Article 5 is. Judge, on the far end, he says, Kennedy says, tell me, 
what Article 5 of the Constitution does, not even what it says. You don't even have to know it, you know, by heart verbatim. Just know what it does. And her reply, Article 5 is not coming to mind at the moment. <laughs> but yet she sits on the highest trial court in, in the state of Washington. And, and Biden is nominating her to a lifetime federal position and says she's devoted to the rule of law in our Constitution. But yet she doesn't know what Article 5 does. And uh, Kennedy says, uh, OK, how about Article 2? And, and she says, um, neither is Article 2, meaning Article 2 isn't coming to mind at the moment either. I don't know what Article 2 says. I don't know what it does. I don't know. Uh, and I'm just about to, I'm about to blow my top here. How do you not know what Article 2 is? You're a judge. You are an assistant attorney general. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, this is this is good timing. I'm up against a break, which is good because I need to take a break. We're going to go for a breather. We will pick this up on the other side. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Change in the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Falker with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio want to introduce you to ASEA Redox Cell Signaling Molecules. It is more than just a wonderful natural product. Redox molecules are native to the human body. Redox molecules enable your body to turn on its inner doctor so your body can heal itself the way it did naturally when you were young. Check out americaoutloud.shop, look for ASEA Cell Signaling Molecules Liquid Supplement, and check out Nurse Michelle's recent favorite ASEA product, Renew 28 Revitalizing Redox Gel, because this gel helped get me through some significant muscular pain during my healing process following a recent canoeing accident when I broke my hip. Give it a try for your aches and pains and let Nurses Out Loud hear how your health has improved. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen, and I have had a chance to uh, take a breather. 
had a chance to calm down here for a second. Uh, I don't know how long it's going to last, though. I really don't. So we, uh, and I, I think you get my point. I, my point is, I mean, it's clear. It's being made before our very eyes. Uh, this is what we're fighting for. And, and we're not fighting because we, we hate what's in front of us. We're fighting because we love what what's behind us. We love this country. We love what it stands for. We love this Constitution. This Constitution that has been with us for over two centuries, when you know the 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 average lifespan of a Constitution is seventeen years, ours is going on you know two hundred and thirty plus. Uh, and it's because of this Constitution. It's because of this, you know, we operate under the rule of law. You know, Biden says that this judge that he nominated uh, is, uh, she's devoted to the rule of law and our Constitution. Yet, you know, she can't tell us, you know, what Article 5 does. Not what it says, even, but just, you know, what it does. Article 5 has a specific purpose. And as somebody who's sitting on, on a federal bench, actually somebody who's a judge, period, somebody who is an assistant attorney general, I mean, shouldn't they know the Constitution? Shouldn't they understand what Article 5 does? Shouldn't they understand what Article 2 establishes? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Senator, it's it's not coming to mind. Article 2, I don't, I don't really know. It would have been better if you would have asked what Article 3 is. You know, Article 3 describes the judicial branch, and he or she is a judge. That would have been rich. I mean, the irony there would have been would have been glorious. Um, you know, she's she served 12 years as an assistant attorney general, nine years as a judge on the state of Washington's highest trial court. And yet she she doesn't understand. Uh, something basic about the Constitution. I mean, this is eighth grade stuff, all right? This is eighth grade civics class right here, okay? There's nothing in-depth about this. There's nothing deep. This actually should be fifth grade. This should be fourth and fifth grade stuff, third grade stuff. Um, in our schools today, though, it's not even, it's not even college-age stuff. I, I recall in one of David Barton's books, I'm not sure which one it is, I have read many of them, and right now they're all just blending together. But I know it was one of his books. And he's having a conversation with, you know what? I do know what, which it's the book on, oh, I've got it right here. I don't mean to, well, see, now I'm now I'm bothered because I've, I've, I've got to know. I'm, I'm usually surrounded by a stack of books. Yes, it's this little book called Separation of Church and State what the founders meant. And I think this conversation that he has with, with, a, with a constitution lawyer is right here in the front. Aha, page five, my brilliant mind kicks in automatically. You know what, instead of me paraphrasing, I'm going to read it for you. Page five of separation of church and state, what the founders meant by David Barton. It says, a conversation I once had with a U.S. congressman who is also an accomplished attorney 
illustrates how deeply this non-constitutional phrase has been infused in our constitutional thinking. He's referring to the separation of church and state, but it 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 makes for a, a larger point. As we were discussing the importance of basic religious values and teachings to public behavior and society in general, he lamented, quote, we know these values are important. It's unfortunate that we can't do anything to promote them. Surprised, I asked, why not? He replied, no, we just can't. I persisted, why not? He answered, well, because of separation of church and state. Now remember, this is a congressman who is also an accomplished attorney. All right, David Barton says, separation of church and state, what about it? The congressman replied, well, it's in the Constitution. The Constitution won't permit us to have religious values in public arenas. <laughs> oh, you got to be kidding me. David Barton says, that phrase is not in the Constitution. The congressman forcefully countered, yes, it is. No, it's not, replied Barton. Yes, it is, replied the congressman. Barton said, we went back and forth. I finally gave him a copy of the Constitution and asked, would you please find that phrase for me? He replied triumphantly, I'd be happy to. He immediately turned to the First Amendment, read it, and became very embarrassed. He said, quote, I can't believe this. In law school, they always taught us that's what the First Amendment said. Amazed, I asked, you've never read the Constitution for yourself? He replied, we were never required to read it in law school. Bum, bum, bum. So that's what we're dealing with here. I mean, David Barton goes on to, you know, his whole point here in the book is, is, is about the separation of church and state and religious freedom. My point is, is much broader that here, you know, this conversation is with a congressman who was an accomplished attorney who said we were not required to read it in law school. And because they weren't required to read it, he didn't read it. All right, this probably goes to a to an even greater point from yesterday that we've lost the love of learning. All right, so you're not required to read it. Well, we'll read it anyway, for crying out loud. Have a love of learning. And the Constitution should be front and center on that love of learning. And so here's why we have judges who are sitting on the bench, on a federal bench, mind you, appointed by Joe Biden, who would you know say that a law out of Iowa is unreasonable and puritanical, therefore I'm blocking it. Uh, he, without even realizing that that is not his role, that's not his authority. He doesn't have the authority to block a law because he doesn't agree with it, because his opinion says otherwise, because he's got a different opinion. His job is to check the constitutionality of the law. And then, you know, we have this Trump-appointed judge over here in Alabama that um, says, uh, you know, the, the plaintiffs in this case that have transgender identifying children that are challenging this law, blocking uh, surgeries for minors, well, they're not showing us where they have a constitutional mandate for this. And therefore, we're kicking this back to the legislature. This is a job for the legislature to decide. And the legislature has passed this law. 
which, you know, there's no issue of constitutionality in it at all, anywhere, period. So it's uh, kicking it. We're kicking it back. We're not we're not going to uh, continue to allow this ban on the on the law. The ban is lifted. The law is enacted. The law goes into a full effect. Uh, I, I mean, we have these two, ugh, just this juxtaposition of these two ideas here, of these two diametrically opposing thoughts and, and points of view. And then we've got this judge who Biden has nominated to the federal bench, who, um, who this is a lifetime appointment. And she can't tell us in her own words what Article 5 does. Um, I, I'm sorry, it's it's not coming to mind at the moment. Article 5 should come to your mind, boom, right now. Someone says Article 5 and you say Convention of States. That's it, boom. I mean, you don't even have to know what Convention of States is. Or, I mean, you should. If you're a judge and you're and you're 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 being nominated for a for a federal lifetime appointment on the bench, you should know what convention of states is. And you certainly should know what article do what, what I can't even say it. There I go again. What article two does. You should absolutely know what article two does. There isn't a love of learning. There is uh you know, there's just this, let's let's just give them this mamby-pamby stuff. Let's tell them what we want them to know. Let's tell them, let's tell them repeatedly that separation of church and state is in the First Amendment. That's what the First Amendment says. Let's tell them that repeatedly. And then as congressmen, that's what they will believe. You know, it should be a requirement. If, if you're in, in the House or the Senate, whether at the state or federal level, it should be a requirement that you uh, do a, a public reading of the Constitution, because I don't, I'm not going to take their word for it. Excuse me, ma'am, sir, have you read the Constitution? Yes, of course I've read it. No, I'm not buying it. Can we get Mr. and Mrs. a copy of the Constitution right now and let's have them read it publicly? I mean, let's have a public reading. Matter of fact, matter of fact, anybody who wants to run for any office should offer a public reading of the Constitution. That is a fantastic idea, Dean. You are on fire today. You're, oh, you are so, you're just genius. It's a genius move. Let's have a public reading. I'm not, I'm not kidding around. I'm not messing around uh, because our, the, the people in charge of our society, judges among them, should understand the rule of law under which they must operate. They have to operate under this rule of law. But you know what? Uh, you know, we have a federal government right now that is so rogue. It has gone off the rails. Oh, here I go. Here I, let's go down the rabbit hole trail. Uh, that they uh, they just ignored the Constitution. And they and they ignore it, and they can ignore it, because we the people don't we, we don't know what the Constitution says. We don't understand it. We don't get it. We're 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 electing people to Congress who go to Congress and think that uh, separation of church and straight uh, state is is verbiage in the First Amendment. 
They don't know what the Constitution says, and we don't know what the Constitution says. All right. So I, I said the other day that uh, we need to be reading. I, I I played for you the the quote from Charlie Kirk, where he was answering the question of a 15-year-old boy. And the boy said, can you give me facts and tips and information on how to uh, combat the left and, and the evil that's happening in, in the world around us? Uh, and Charlie's answer was 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 brilliant because it was spot on. He didn't start listing off facts or information. He's told the kid, he said, you need to read. You need to have a love for learning. That you need to read. You need to listen to podcasts. You need to start taking, you know, Hillsdale online courses for free. And you need to start asking people, you know, that have wisdom, start asking them questions. Uh, but I, I just want to extract from that reading. Let's have a love for learning and let's start reading things. And, and this year, let's start with the Constitution. All right, we're still here at the first of the year. This is January 16th. We're, we can still be in resolution mode. Although I, I you know, at, a few weeks ago, I discouraged, you know, resolutions. And I said, you know, let's live a meaningful life instead. Let's pursue things of meaning. Reading the Constitution is pursuing something of meaning. Commit to it. Read it. Make a public commitment to reading the Constitution. Tonight at the dinner table uh, or tomorrow at lunch or some point this week at breakfast, you know, when you are with your family, when, when you're about to sit down and watch the football games next weekend, the playoff games, make an announcement. Tell everybody in the room, I'm going to read the Constitution. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to read it this month. All right. You've got two weeks left in the month. Give yourself two weeks. Or maybe you can be, you know, a little more ambitious and say, I'm going to read it this week. Or maybe you can be super ambitious and say, I'm going to read it tomorrow. Or I'm going to read it today. Or or I'm going to read it right now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to read it right now. It's not going to be that long of a read. I, I promise you. It's not going to be that long of a read at all. And a lot of it, you may not even understand. Doesn't matter. Read it anyway. And then, and then read it again. <laughs> Don't just read it once. Don't even just read it twice. Read it multiple times. And then, you know, just read it in chunks. Just, you know, just take, take the First Amendment and read through the First Amendment. The First Amendment uh, sets up the legislative branch. And, and read in there the, the specific items that the Constitution gives Congress the authority to do. And then, and then ask yourself this question. Well, uh, what is Congress doing that's not on this list? Huh? <laughs> huh? Okay, because then we're going to start, you know, talking about some stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, Congress has given them them broad. They've they've given them broad. There's a broad interpretation of general welfare, you know, which you'll find in the uh, the preamble. We go through Article Two, uh, you know, which talks about the executive branch, and then you know, ask yourself, you know, ask yourself questions about the executive branch. You know, go through Article Three, which talks about the judiciary, and Article Four, which 
you know, it deals with the states and Article Five, which is the which is the convention of states that talks about how you amend the process or how how you're able to to amend the Constitution. There's a couple different ways to do it. Just oh, educate yourself. Just start reading. Let's have a love for learning. Listen, there are there are things to fight for. There are there are things to fight for. And, it, and, and we don't fight because we hate what's in front of us. But we don't fight because we hate the opposition. We might hate what they stand for, but we, we don't hate them. But we, we fight because of the love that we have for what's behind us. We fight because we love the country. We fight because we, we love what the, what the doctrines of the country stand for. We fight because we we love liberty, we love freedom, we love life. We we love to have this opportunity to pursue happiness. We we love the fact that we have this opportunity to to dream a dream and excel and and achieve here in this state, no matter what our 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 race is, no matter what color we are, no matter what religion we are, no matter. Uh, it, none of that stuff matters, but we have this opportunity. This is what we fight for. We 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 fight for because we love this, and 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 we love having this opportunity. All right, and we're going to keep going after it, my friends. That's all the time we have for today. Unfortunately, America and our friends around the world continue to encourage your friends and family to get on the dean's list. Let's unite to renovate the age. 